Welcome to the Agent Leader Podcast. My name is Brent Kelly. Thanks so much for listening. We have a very special episode today. It's been a while on the podcast, if you're listening in order, uh, that I haven't had a guest on for a while. And today I have a guest. And not just a guest, but a very powerful, exciting guest. No pressure, all right, to my guest. Uh, and if you're watching on video right now, you can see him there. But Ben Zimmer, who's the founder and CEO of Ethos, is it insurance and risk management or risk management? That's insurance? correct. All right, insurance and risk management. And we'll get to Ben. I'm going to get Ben get a chance to do a, a full introduction on himself and kind of give a backstory of some things. But Ben has been part of our program at Sitkins for a while and has done some really incredible things. And I was telling Ben before we went live, I said, you know, one of the things that I know that our audience will get from this interview and from Ben's experience is just we've we had a lot of guests that have had established long-term agencies that take the next step. And we love working with those agencies. But what about the newer, less established agencies that are trying to get traction? And what things are they doing? What struggles are they facing? And how are they overcoming it? So uh, Ben, no pressure, but you're going to solve all those problems today for all the agencies. Does that sound good? Sure, sure. <laughs> all right. Uh, before I give Ben his full introduction or let him do his full introduction, uh, a couple of reminders. Number one is always the purpose of this podcast is to help you, the independent insurance agency leader, gain clarity, build consistency, and make a commitment to become your best version possible. And of course, I have to hold up as always my shameless plug of our book, Best Version Possible. Ben, I don't want to, I'm, I keep chiming in and we haven't officially introduced you yet. Um, but Ben, I believe, has listened to the audio version. How many times did you tell us? Uh, 13 times. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> 13 I'm actually listening a little bit this morning because I need to think about something on one of the chapters. So, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, maybe I'll ask him stuff of what you, you got, you know, takeaways from that. You've listened 13 times. And by the way, there is an audio version. See, as Ben mentioned, we have the audio book for, so if you like to, uh, listen while you're driving or, you know, whatever it is, you're on a run or a walk. Hey, you know, pop in the best version possible and get better as you uh, also move and shake throughout the day. So um, one other announcement, September 7th, and this podcast should be released right before this event. So there may not be a huge amount of time, but September 7th, I'm going to be hosting a live presentation live on LinkedIn on the multi-million dollar mistake that most independent insurance agencies make. So how's that for a title? Multi-million dollar mistake. And I'll talk about what that means and why it's so impactful. But I will say, and I say this with all candor and authenticity, that this is the most important event that we've done at Sitkins, uh, certainly since I've been at Sitkins for six years. So how's that? I uh, really want you to be there. Go to LinkedIn, um, check out our page. We'll make sure you get registered. It doesn't cost you anything except for an hour of your time. And I promise it'll be worth it. So with that, let's get into the interview. I brought Ben on here. This isn't about me. It's about you, Ben. Uh, so Ben Zemmer, again, founder and CEO of Ethos uh, Insurance and Risk Management, located in the great state just next to where I'm at, Indiana, right? Um, and uh, we're in the summertime right now as recording this. So, you know, we don't often get to say this in the Midwest, but man, it's hot. All right. Uh, I know we're not the only one in the country, so most people don't feel bad for us, but it is hot. Uh, I'm sure sometimes you'll be listening to this and we'll be saying we do anywhere uh, to be warm in the Midwest, but not right now. Uh, but Ben is the founder and CEO of Ethos Insurance and Risk Management and um, has really done an incredible job of staying focused amongst many, many distractions. And I'm Ben, I'm going to let you kind of tell your story, but tell the audience, obviously, who you are. Um, and then just about kind of ethos, how you got started in that and where you are today. 
Sure. Well, thank you very much, Brent. I, uh, my team and I, we always, every time a podcast comes out, we listen to it. Um, it, what I found, um, with us is that we are always interested in getting a little bit better and taking a little bit of knowledge. One thing, focusing on that, doing that well, and then saying, okay, we've got that mastered, you know, and then we'll move on to something else. But so with ethos, uh, kind of unique story, you know, um, Worked in the I worked in the captive side for ten years. Uh, joined an independent agency, and uh, five years after the, uh, being in the agency, I decided uh, I wanted to purchase my book of business. Uh, contractually, when I went from captive to independent, uh, I made sure that if I was going to do this switch, I had the opportunity to purchase my book of business. That doesn't happen anymore uh, much at all because of just the models changed a lot. But long story short, started this. Um, in uh, 2017, December is when we closed. Uh, in order to close, I will tell you, I had to sell my house, sell my car, move my family to the apartment complex I lived at when I was 23 years old, and cash in 25% of my retirement. So um, it takes a little bit of it took a little bit of guts, obviously, and there were some trying times. Uh, but I'll tell you, um, we were from the beginning. I knew my, me and my partner Stacy. She was a wonderful integrator and I was a wonderful visionary and together it was a great fit. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, if we're going to do this, let's start at our level and let's expand upon that. And what we first realized is, you know, we don't need a big shiny office. We don't need anything. So we were fully remote day one um, and have expanded upon that and really have no, we have one brick and mortar place where just Chad's over there by himself, but we have been hundred percent remote since day one. Our best year was COVID. Uh, we grew 25% in COVID. We've been continuing to grow 20% to 25% year over year uh, cumulatively. Um, I would say this. I'm the, the husband of one, the father of three boys. Um, I've got three great sons, a freshman, a sixth grader, and a, and a second grader. And um, it's going great. So first grader, sorry. Um, with Ethos, uh, I think what, what really has um, – changed um was i decided that we were going to build an agency based on respect within each other first and that's why i called it ethos because our culture is we have to take the best care of each other first and brent i say art every single meeting i have with every every uh team member we have is from the producers to the account managers to whoever it is it's i always end it with i appreciate respect and trust you and i enjoy this journey together um, and I think what that's done is because being remote and you're not getting some of that interaction day to day that you would have if you're in an office, um, you have to vocalize that. And, you know, you, now I'm going to keep quoting you, man, because like I said, our agency, a lot of everything I do is, is based on what you and Roger have been saying. And it's if I don't appreciate them and tell them I appreciate them, or if I don't tell them I appreciate them, they don't know I appreciate them. Right. Um, so we really focus on that. Every meeting is first things first. I can't believe we got this done together. I mean, I said it to everybody, I can't believe it worked. But really what it came down to was we, we we decided to make our agency a little bit different in the sense that we found the qualities within people and their experiences and said, what do you what do you feel like you're best at? Well, I'm best at this, talking to people, forward facing them. Well, I don't really like talking to people. I like I prefer to email. I'm a task guy, you know, I like to do tasks. So instead of doing the historical, like here's your account manager, you're a CSA, you're an AE, whatever. I say no. Where's your Where's your God given talents and where's your What's your DNA? 
um, to uh, that, what things that you're best at. So, and that's how we built. And so, you know, we're, we're about uh, nine employees strong now, um, uh, tripled in size since we uh, initially opened and continue to grow because we take the time to slow down, to speed up. As I always say, we always stop, think about what we're doing right. Think about what we're doing wrong and say, okay, let's, let's really focus on the things that we can, you know, control and, and are within our um, capabilities and talents and resources to move the needle. So I probably talk too much. So it's, Listen, I, I, no, you didn't talk too much. This is this, there's a reason I wanted to have have you on the show is because there is extreme value, and I think part of it, Ben, is that like any of us, you live in your own world. You take some things for granted. We did this, we did this, but I've already got a bunch of nuggets, and I, I, I would just say this: you know, whether you're an established agency or a newer agency, uh, some of the things that you said, Ben, they apply to everybody. Certainly to, you know, what you've done successfully for getting this kind of off the ground. So I got to make a few comments because, A, I like to make comments and I just think they're important of what you said. I want to I make sure of what you said has more importance. Um, number one, um, you reminded me of something about risk. Obviously, we live in the insurance world, so risk is all around us. But, you know, what you said with the, the risk that you took to do this and basically follow your dream, right, in essence, or something that you, you were passionate about doing. I had someone say this to me, and this was part of my journey is, you know, the risk at some point, the risk of doing nothing or the risk of staying status quo becomes more than the risk of not taking the actual risk, meaning that you're like, I can't, I couldn't imagine being here in 15 years and not trying this. Right. So kudos to you. But then the reality of it, it's one thing to say, I'm taking a risk. Another reality of it, of selling a house and cashing out your retirement, the car and all that. I mean, like that's real world stuff, man. So kudos to you for that. Um, it's always interesting too. And I'm going to, I'm going to get on, I got to be careful, man. You know, this, you, you're on my sessions. I go on tangents, but like when I hear people that have been successful and then I hear people that maybe aren't and have a jealousy or envy and I go, you don't know what this person did to get here. Like you, you, you don't know. Right. So that's, that's part of the the human spirit there. Also, you guys were remote before remote was cool. So kudos yeah. for that, right? <laughs> we didn't have the money to do it, do it to get a nice office. <laughs> yeah. I mean, which is awesome. And the last thing I want to just, I want to hit on, and, and maybe we, we have some more conversation here. Um, you know, this idea, and again, I, we use the acronym and you mentioned art, A-R-T, appreciation, respect, and trust. Um, it's just, it's interesting to me because you at the, from the very beginning realized that if we don't communicate and have the appreciation, respect, and earn trust internally, we'll never get at the level external. And, you know, the, the the great thing is that you were able to start that from the culture from basically day one, right? Um, but really, it's attainable for any agency. And sometimes it might take more work to start to flip that. But your results have shown. And we'll get to some of those as well. And, you know, part of this, too, and the one last nugget, I've got like already a page of notes here, is I hope you all heard what Ben said about focus at one thing on a time or one thing at a time, right? Like, there's a thing we're going to do. We're going to really master it. We're going to get it right. And then we'll move on to the next thing. And I will tell you, Ben, most agencies, most people, most leaders, that's a really hard thing to do. So let me ask you this. I want to start, go back to this. How have you in the world of distractions and emergencies and problems and new innovations and technology been able to say, listen, team, we're going to do this thing right then we'll get to the next thing. How have you been able to do that? 
So it, it really comes to creating realistic agendas and calendars. And so when I talk to the staff about um, or, or a producer and say, okay, we're going to talk about a, um, a program or we're going to talk about an account, okay? Mm-hmm. How long do you think it's going to take, Chad? I don't know, 30, 45 minutes. We're going to do it an hour and a half. You know why? Because we're going to go in deeper than you think. We're going we're gonna to role play. We're going to set the agenda for when you sit down and talk to them, you're going to feel like, hey, because he's a talker, Brent's a talker, I'm a talker. And it's like, here's our agenda. If I don't have this, I will. there's no possible way I'll be here less than three hours because we'll talk about everything else because I love to talk. I'm going to stick to this agenda and this is going to be good, I promise. And like you almost like break the ice with that. And that's whether that's a meeting with our, our colleagues, our prospects, our existing clients, whoever it is. And it really seems like, you know, the art of communication is really just setting those expectations up front. And then it's like, oh, okay, I know what we're going to talk about. I can feel comfortable being prepared and, and you know, everything we're doing now. It's like my life finally feels a little bit more at peace. And I'm trying to, everybody from service to sales is just saying, let's do this. You, you need this service thing done. I'm working with another client. I will get this done for you. It's 1250. I'll get it done at 230. You'll have it. You know what happens? You'll get that task done way before 2.30 and you're a hero. When you say, I'll get to it when I'll get to it, or I'll get to it as soon as I possibly can. They're like, well, is that in a minute? Or is that in three hours? Or is that tomorrow? So those, you know, and that's what I've really taken from Sitkins is setting those expectations with everything I'm doing now is I'm overestimating the time, but I'm also feeling like I'm always getting time back and it's like, I'm living on, you know, borrowed, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm playing house money here, you know, this is, right. and that, that creates momentum, prospecting momentum, sales momentum, you know, positive energy, as opposed to, oh my gosh, I'm back on my heels all the time. And I can't seem to get anything done because there's a million things flying around. No, it's just, you know, you gotta, that's been the biggest challenge to implement for all the personalities we have in our organization, yep. also with inpatient clients, but you know, we talk about overcoming challenges and overcoming challenges means, hang on, everybody, let's stop. All right. I'm going to make really good notes about where we're going to go with this. And at the bottom, if we want to write crazy talk and get deviating all over the place, we'll do that. But we're going to cover this stuff first and it's going to be good. So that's, boy, again, I just, I'm sitting here listening and Hey, I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm thinking about myself. Uh, because I'm like, yeah, amen. I mean, I tell you what, one of the things about teaching this stuff is that you, you realize really quickly, you're like, wait a second, I didn't do that, right? Um, and you don't want to be hypocritical. But, you know, so many things there, certainly from an agency leader, and I'll say this too, for producers in particular, and obviously obviously, many agencies, they're one of the same, not always, but many cases the same. And some of that's personality. One of the uh, my favorite books, the John Maxwell book, talks about this, about, you know, most people, they... It, we always think, in fact, uh, our, CO, our COO, Janie Cahill, uh, calls me, uh, and this is correct, by the way, Janie, we love you. She calls me time delusional sometimes. Like, like oh, I'm going to do this and this and this and this. And she goes, you're going to get that done in the morning? I'm like, oh, yeah. She's like, no, you're not. Right? So part of this is saying, whatever you think you're going to do, allow yourself twice the amount of time. You go, well, I don't have that. Well, it does make a difference because, first of all, most of us are time delusional. And when you really get into a real project and you want to do what we call deep work, 
it does take longer uh, to do it better. But I love what you said there, Ben. The, the second part of this is oftentimes when we do that, we actually get time back, so to speak, right? At least what we had on our agenda or on our plan. And it feels great. I, I, I'm i guilty of this all the time, but I can't, I can't. So many times when you're on a meeting, you're set up for 60 minutes or whatever. And all of a sudden you got through the agenda, right? Like we got through the stuff and we're like, okay, I think we got everything. Yeah. Like, like all right, let's go. And you're like, I got 18 extra minutes, right? So it gets you focused and it actually frees you up, right? Longer term. So any else you want to add to that? That's a great point, Ben. I, I don't think so. I think that's just really, uh, that's been a big part of uh, growing is setting those realistic expectations and essentially under, setting big goals, but setting the proper amount, if not a little more time than you need. So you're not rushing and doing sloppy work, but yeah. you're doing the quality of work that is, you know, that, that you want and that's sustainable. Right. 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 Yeah. I, I, I love that. Cause there is obviously you, you got to have some type of endpoints or goals, but also not just making up end goals just cause oh, I'll leave that tomorrow. Like, well, <laughs> will you? Um, and one of the things Ben, you hear us talk about all the time too, and this is for everybody, obviously listening is, you know, being able to set up certain guardrails. And to me, what I, what I notice around that, and I know, you know, you're nodding your head here is that when we've got some of those guardrails, like initially as a, you, you mentioned, you know, the EOS concept, I assume the visionary and integrator, right? Um, visionaries generally would say, I don't really want guardrails. I just want to think big and do stuff and create. But when you say, absolutely, like go create, go think big, but they give you a little bit of parameters so that you can go really fast. Versus, you know, I say visionaries, the problem is, and I may mention this in one of our training sessions, like if there are no guardrails or no lines, so to speak, sometimes you just spin around in circles, like you're not moving anywhere and you got all these ideas, but they ain't going anywhere. So I know that's something that, um, that you've done a great job with at Ethos and with your team. So I want to flip this a little bit. I mean, you mentioned some of the challenges uh, a little bit, and if there's any additional challenges, I mean, Probably I could say, Ben, name a challenge. You could say, how much time do we have? Mm -hmm. um, but I do want to know, too, what success is, because we can learn from success. We can replicate success if we focus on it. What has been, would you say, and you're talking to other agency leaders out there, that this has been a success that we've had and it was achieved because of what? So what are some things, I mean, you mentioned time. I think that's a big part, but what else? What else have you done to be successful? I, I really think that the weekly meetings have given us so much direction, which gives us the ability to set production goals, realistic service goals, efficiencies, things like that. So I would say, I know it sounds cheesy, but a success is just the organization of, of, of meaningful meetings mm. and, and having a purpose in these meetings and we're not trying to go over, we're not trying to keep people in seats for no reason, but we are truly, I mean, I have an agenda and for everybody and every meeting that I have, and we are saying, okay, this is not working. What do we think? This is working. Um, and, you know, having good communication about around, around um, where we're going together. Um, we got to, you know, we have an account manager in uh, Amfit right now. Everybody's been through it. And um, it's just a great reminder of hey listen um when we both kind of like and mike by the way our account manager is in arizona and i'm in indiana so you know we talk on the phone a couple times a day we have a little bit of fun but we know we both know where we're going and 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 that's what's important um i mean from a production standpoint our our 
our biggest success, we're doing more, you know, required minimum account sizes because we're realizing, hey, we have a lot of a lot to bring, a lot of value. You know, my wife Devin does HR consulting for us and is a whiz and you know, Sherm CP. So that when you get 10 to 30 employees, um, you know, and these are nice size accounts that have lots of uh, commercial autos, lots of property, things like that. She comes in and helps establish, you're talking about guardrails, you know, a trucking firm has different guardrails in a restaurant, yeah. you know, or, or depending upon the business and really that, you know, the person who really isn't compensated because she's my wife is our most valuable, valuable differentiator in our organization. Uh, because it comes back to um, let's talk about people because that's our number one risk. It's not storms or accidents or workers' compensation. It really is our people and uh, making sure we understand what what is appropriate, what's inappropriate, and um, helping everybody uh, be successful and be safe. So, um, yeah, that's those are kind of the, I think the greatest success is probably you know bring my wife on and 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 really focusing on that direction to differentiate us. Yeah. I, I, both those are great. And I just going back and you brought this up already and I kind of mentioned it, but I love that fact. I think uh, that we got the title for the podcast on this episode, Ben is meaningful meetings. Um, Cause it's been brought up already a couple different times. And I, I, you know, there's a book out there, death by meeting. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and we've all been there. We have these meetings like, what, why do we have this? Um, and it sounds so simple. And you say this all the time. You said this in our, our session a few weeks ago. Like, it's simple. Like, some of the stuff doesn't seem like it, but most people honestly don't do it. And, I mean, just to have a an agenda and a simple agenda with a purpose of what this communication is for sets the standard for the meeting, meaning that I know what to expect. You know what to expect. We have key points. Um, you already said it. I don't think you were talking to me, but you could have been when you said that some people could take it. You know, I've had a 60 minute conversation or meeting with people and I'll throw myself under the bus here. And I got done. I'm like, wow, what an awesome, that was a great conversation. Like, what did you accomplish? I don't know, but man, it was a great conversation. Right. And so to be able to knock those things out and say, no, there's a purpose to this. Um, and then of course you can have some other conversation as needed. And this is true certainly with leadership, whether it's leadership meeting with sales service or the entire team, right? That we've got a clear understanding, but also Ben, and I know your team's done a great job of this, of sales and service in particular. And we talk about high performance team meetings is that we have conversations with intent, not just hope or because someone told us to have a meeting. Like what are we trying to accomplish in this time that we have together? Um, And I think that's a great thing. So how, how is like outside of, you said something, I'm going to, in one of our sessions that just reminded me of this, you said things that when basically here's what you said, maybe you don't remember this, but when you set the culture as a leader of how we do things, other people start doing it. And I don't even have to be there um, <laughs> to a different way. Now I'm paraphrasing what you said, but and you're nodding your head. Like, how have you seen that with the agency where suddenly you're like, I don't have to sit on top of these things. This is how we do things at ethos and everyone else has taken to that culture. Yeah. So how has that worked in your agency? I, I truly think that what our, you know, our culture is based on is vulnerability. And I'm very vulnerable to the things that I'm not good at. I'm very vulnerable to the things that I'm, you know, maybe it's fears, maybe it's 
You know, I'm vulnerable to tell this is what makes me so happy. This is what, you know, and, and I think as a leader now more than ever, because of so much of that, like great resignation that we just were, are going through or went through and all these things that have gone on, leaders really need to take it a step further with vulnerability and talk about the true intentions and also about, um, hey, you know, we we are the only reason why I'm, I'm considered a leader is because I was, you know, lucky enough to reach out to you great people and bring you in together and, and bring everybody together. Right. And, and um, without vulnerability, I feel like, you know, you always say leaders, leaders are only as good as, as long as people are still following them. But if you're not vulnerable, people are like, I, I can't relate to this. I, if I can't relate to it, I can't respect it. If I can't respect it, I can't do it. Right. So it's like, I, I think that that's such a crucial um, trait of leaders moving forward with our kind of younger workforce too, is saying, Hey, look guys, Nobody's going to be perfect. We're all going to put our best foot forward. I'm not perfect. I'm probably the most that make the most mistakes, but uh, you're going to be nurtured, trained, and given the tools you need to be successful. And we're going to enjoy this together. So I, I really think that, that the vulnerability is a is a huge plus uh, these days in leadership to um, re, you know retain the the right kind of people. So many, uh, so many good points there. And I wrote and circled vulnerability. Um, and I, I may have heard this in a different way and I may say it differently and, and there's different ways of, of communicating this, but I think it's so true that the idea behind it is that people will hear your success, but they'll connect with your vulnerabilities. And, you know, you think about that and, and you know, it, it's easy to do for a leader because you want to say, hey, I'm, I'm credible and I'm worthy and I'm good. And, you know, sometimes some people try to you know, got to earn that or, or at least they want that. And the truth of it is, is that the best leaders, you're right. Yes, they're credible. Yes, they're authentic. Yes, they work hard. They do these things. They've got some experience. They've got some knowledge, but they understand that we're all human. And that my my job is not to stand above you and tell me how great I am and how great everything is. It's, hey, listen, I, I, I messed this up and I acknowledge that. And guess what? That's not good enough. And so here's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And immediately what will happen, and maybe you've had this, I'm sure you have been, I haven't asked you personally, but like what will happen is oftentimes in organizations, if the leader never expresses vulnerabilities or mistakes, they are scared to death to ever say they made a mistake or did something wrong, which means those are usually hidden or put away until they they expose themselves in much bigger ways, right? Eventually they come out. So, um, you know, that idea of, hey, listen, we're all going to make mistakes. We just don't want to repeat them. So let's be open when they happen. Have you seen that with your agency of some of your people? And I think you kind of mentioned that them being able to be vulnerable because you're- Oh, yeah. I mean, it's fun because- we get through things like things get put to bed because of vulnerability. Like, man, this kind of made me upset. And, you know, when someone's not here next to you and you can't see them or see how they were, you know, whatever. And is it something that somebody else said, or is it something that, you know, we feel like we reacted to strongly or, and then you get down to the bottom of it. And it's like, you know, the person that made you feel this way probably was having a horrible day. And you unfortunately got that call or that email after they just heard, you know, um, they lost some money or something happened, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do we, as their kind of support group behind the scenes, say, hey, you know what? Uh, that they're having a bad day. All we can do is not let them ruin ours, right? And um, and 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 it just it comes back to 
being, we I work together with people. People don't work for us or for me or for anybody. Else. We work together, and people with their best skill sets in that role do that role, and I do my role. And 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 then it's just not. It has to be kind of a somewhat level playing field with, of course, accountability. And accountability is wonderful when there's vulnerability because then what happens is like nine times out of ten, up, oh, I messed up, or I didn't hit my goal, or I didn't do this. And they don't feel like it's going to be like a, a, a fight or a, um, oh man, I shouldn't, I don't want to see him or whatever. It's never like that when you're vulnerable. So that's well, and, and again, so many underlines of things that are great in a culture with that. And I know that, you know, can I don't, you wouldn't say this, no agency culture is perfect, but I think just the establishment of the fact that uh, we can be vulnerable and open, obviously learn from our mistakes. Uh, but the, you know, that again, there's so much, to, to unpack. And you mentioned even like unique ability, which is a phrase that comes from strategic coach that we talk about. Right. And this idea of same goal, different roles and knowing that, Hey, listen, we've all got different skill sets. Let's respect and appreciate that. Uh, but also understand that when we do make a mistake, it happens versus trying to say, how do I hide from that mistake? How do I, you know, how do I sweep it under the rug? How do I not try to talk about it? Cause I don't want Ben or the, the boss person yelling at me is saying, listen, like I meant to do this and this happened. How can you all help me to fix it or together? What can I learn from this? Where can I grow? Like there's just a different way that we approach those things. So I I applaud you greatly for that. I got one more thing. You said this a a while back, or you're talking about your wife uh, in particular, but I I want you to reference this to to other agencies that might be, you know, starting the earlier path of growth. And, you know, one of the things that I say all the time individually is that if you don't place a high value on yourself, Rest assured, the world will not raise the price. And I think about that sometimes with agencies that are getting started. And it doesn't mean you start up an agency and the next day you're working on, you know, multi-million jumbo accounts on day two, right? I, there's there's a reality to that. But I do think a lot of agencies that are getting started or maybe even smaller in revenue, whatever you want to consider that in the scope, put themselves in a box of like, well, we're not really good enough to do that. And most of it's head trash. Because most of it with the people they have and the knowledge and the skills that they have, and maybe they don't have every tool and resource that some of the big boys and girls have out there, but they've got more than they think. How do you leverage your differentiators? And you talk about your wife and her experience, but just in general from a, again, smaller agency. Now that's just changing because you're growing rapidly, but as a smaller agency, how do you go out there and compete on accounts that you know, this is going to be a bit of a challenge. What's what's your forte to get out there and compete mm-hmm. in the marketplace? I, you know, I, I think it comes back to um, we're going to bring an element of we don't take ourselves too seriously, uh, but we take our business very seriously. Mm. So when your people that when we do business together, Brent, your people that are working with my people, we want to make it a little bit of fun. We want to make it a little bit more than just transactional. We want to make it to where, okay, yes, I'll, I'll get my hand involved in, in, in taking the personal lines or the life insurance of the owner of the business. And MJ, will, who is our private client executive, will jump in and we'll team on this for a little bit. And we really want to let them know that like, hey, this is a community, you know, and, and part of our, our big, I'll call you our big mission is we bring, you know, we protect and connect community leaders and business owners. And that's our statement is we protect and connect community leaders and business owners. And a community leader may not have, you know, a, um, 
20 million revenue business, but there's someone that wants to do good in their community. And that's what we're kind of saying is we want to do good in our communities. And these are the people we want to surround ourselves with. And, and, but connecting our people that we already insure, which the independent insurance industry agency uh, distribution channel is the greatest connecting um, relationship connector there is because of all the different businesses we work with. And if you're not out leveraging that as an independent agent, you're missing the boat because it is saying, oh, Mr. Painter over here, I've got a really great custom home builder that may be able to be a good fit for you guys. Mm-hmm. That's how the business grows. It doesn't necessarily grow from banging on doors and saying, I want to quote your insurance. No, it's how can I connect you first? Yeah, we're going to do the insurance, but how are we connecting you to make sure that it goes way beyond insurance and, and you know, we're adding value in different areas. That's great stuff there. I appreciate the, uh, the thoughtful uh, statements there. And the the question I wrote down, this was, we had a, a person on a podcast who's been part of our uh, different events for years and years. And uh, he's personally, um, this is always even amazing. I mean, personally, he's got a book of business around 4 million commission revenue, right? Like, personally, uh, you'll be there in no time. Decent. I'm just kidding. Right. right. No, but I mean, and it's interesting. You learn a lot. And I said, what's been one of the the keys? And actually what what you all said there is just such a huge part of this. He says, well, you know, first of all, I consider myself a business consultant. That's how I just, I view everything as a consultant. And secondly, I always ask myself myself the question uh, or to them, how can I help you move your business forward? Like, how can I help you move your business forward? And I love your thing, connect and protect. Right. We're going to make sure you protect the things that you love and have conversations, but also connect you. I think that's and I think the other part, Ben, is just the authenticity of knowing who you are and what you want to do with your mission. So very, very cool. Very, very cool. All right. um, I have a bit of a self-serving question, but hey, it's my podcast. So why not? Right. (laughs) Um, And again, part of this, too, we, we do appreciate you so much for being committed to what we do. But really, it's not about us. It's about you and the things that you're doing. But I am interested you know, you mentioned you read the book or listened to the book 13 times. Um, so hopefully maybe by 14 or 15, then maybe you get it figured out. I don't know. Right. I'm kidding. Um, but what are some things that, you know, you could say you've most taken? I mean, there's been, I know a number of things, but you say, Hey, these, this thing, or these couple things or three things have really been the most impactful from some of the the principles. Cause I do have people that ask me, and I'm curious, like, Hey, I know you're helping people. What, what's, what's the biggest thing you all do? I love to get one thing if I say it, it's another thing if you say it. So what's been the most impactful things that you've gotten from your experience with Sitkins? It's again, it's taking the time to look at where we've been and where we want to go. And it's the thoughtful planning that's done in profit that's done in, you know, coach to coach. And it's truly taking a step back, slowing down to speed up, right? That's been the number one thing because I was running a hundred miles an hour trying to write every business that I could think of and just, you know, grow, 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 grow. And then it's like, okay, well, now we have to serve, serve, service, service, service now, you know? And so it's like, okay, whoa, where are we going? What do we want to do? And let's break that down. And like you say, like do some deep dives about why is this an account that we want to write? What's the likelihood of us getting there? What are our points of differentiation? Who do we know that if we call them and say, Hey, do you know John? And they're like, John, I went to high school with John. Okay. Maybe John, do you think John's the kind of person we should work with? Yeah. You know what? I'll call John, but I just do. I, you know, it, it, that's how um, I've changed since I started, I joined Sitkins uh, in 2020, 2020, I think I joined COVID uh, when you guys started doing the AIM. That's right. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's been three years and, and we take sessions every time. And uh, like I said, I've taken ProFit three times, CRO fit at least twice on my third time. And there's a nugget every time that we can go deep on and, and expand upon and, and help grow, help grow our business. So, yeah, no, that's super helpful. And I, uh, I always chuckle and I'm sure you've heard me say this before, cause this is a quote from one of my favorite books, uh, which is called uh, now oh, the, the road less stupid. I almost had a yeah. the road less stupid. And you've heard me say this before, but the quote in there from Keith Cunningham is, you know, running the wrong direction enthusiastically is stupid. I love yeah. his voice when you listen to that book too. It's hilarious. Oh, isn't that great? That's just stupid. That's, <laughs> now, you, now you're an audio book guy. So you, yeah, you, yeah. by the way, if you want to read the book, yes, listen to the book with him. Cause he's got that, te- I think Texas, but he's just got yeah, that, it's a Southern draw. It's southern good. draw. And he goes, now go think you'll think. Yeah. Right. You'll thank uh, me later. Right? Yeah. You'll <laughs> thank me later. Such a good, but you know, the whole premise of that is to ask yourself, important questions versus just doing a bunch of stuff. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, that's a big part. I always challenge agency leaders and it's get easier from my vantage point because even my own world, it's easy to get caught up into stuff. And then I take my own advice and go, wait a second, what's, what's really important. Right. And, and as yeah. you said this on a previous, what's, what's urgent or a distraction or just another thing. And if I look at my calendar, like is my stuff in the things that really move the needle that have a difference that, that make a difference that have an impact or am I doing just a bunch of stuff because that's what I think I should be doing? Yeah. Um, and you talked about that. Maybe you could could um, elaborate on that a little bit about, and you mentioned in one of our sessions recently about yeah. just that difference of, we talk about green zone, red zone, but you took it right. into really an urgent importance. So talk about yeah. that. And so, you know, the, all, the, the whole, all the Covey, um, first things first, that whole quadrant. And, you know, green, green zone and red zone are absolutely wonderful, but it's really easy to say sales activity. Well, what specifically is sales activity? That is important, but not necessarily urgent. So I'm gonna take the time to plan to be really good at that sales activity within that. So, and then what you start to realize when you start to say what's urgent, important, what's just important and not urgent, it's like, well, everything that I want done is really important, but yeah, it's not really urgent. If I just take the amount of time, I'll have fewer and fewer urgent things and live with the uh, the freedom of creativity because I'm allocating the right amount of time for the important but not urgent things. So, but green zone, red zone is that's another big one of our biggest things. Is man, I, I was unemployed yesterday. I didn't have an appointment. That's the way I look at it, right? <laughs> you know, so I was like, it's yeah, and you can have fun with it. But like that whole that mindset is help has helped our producers dramatically. Is how you know even like service side like hey yeah this is important and I'll do it but I can't let those seven emails be like oh my god they're all urgent because then they're gonna get mistakes and they're not gonna be your best and you know it's just um it's it's this has been like the last three weeks we've been focused on that and it's been wonderful so cool, cool. love that well and just so that the audience has an idea all right so here's a guy that took a huge risk sold a bunch of stuff bet on himself, right? Um, you did, uh, not knowing there's no guarantees, right? You go out there and do this. And here you are, what, about six years later? About five years and yeah, five years and seven months later. Yeah. Okay. So five, yeah, getting close to that a little over five years, we'll say. Yeah. Um, so tell the audience, and again, you don't have to give any specific numbers if you don't want, but just in terms of team and where you're at and what's next, because 
I think there's a there's a very powerful phrase that we overestimate what we think we can do in a short amount of time and vastly underestimate what we can do in a longer period of time. And to me, five years is not a long time, um, right? When you think about the scope of life, but where you are, where you came from to where you are. So give the audience a perspective of 2023 today versus 2017 what's what's ethos grown and what, what yeah. are they so the funny thing is I, I purchased a book of business and um you know for round numbers say it was three hundred thousand in revenue that first year i had a, a hundred thousand dollar revenue account that we lost seven months into the first year uh due to some un like i couldn't the, the carry got out of the market right and there's nothing i could do about it so it was like still love these people today they're great people talk to them frequently whatever but i lost that in the first year and that was deflating. Um, but at the same time, I think um, what it allowed me to do was to realize that, well, we can control this. We can really control this as long as we're doing. And I didn't know about Green Zone, Red Zone at that time. But as long as these activities that I know I can do, I'm going to do and I'm going to do them well. And, um, and, and so from that standpoint, you know, we're four times the size we were. So we're growing 20 percent a year um year over year over year and it's it's actually um it's because we're staying a step ahead of the growth being a problem and everyone knows service sales everybody knows that we're growing and we're not going to stop growing because i said the moment i become an account manager is when they can take me back to pasture and <laughs> put me in the ground because i can't do it because these the people that help us behind the scenes are just so amazingly talented and wonderful and i'm like they're like if you came into this role we would yeah it wouldn't be good so they know that I, we're going to continue to go grow they know we're going to continue to add producers we're going to continue to add you know um folks that support those producers that work together as a team and you know where are we going well my goal is another double in the next three to four years instead of five years so i want to double again um, and that's the organic move. That doesn't have, has nothing to do with the acquisition side because we're in some conversations about that too. So um, organic growth is where my focus is. Uh, the acquisition pieces, uh, if they're great people when they align with our culture or want to align with our culture, then we'll have that conversation. But it's not just about throwing more business at it because the most important thing is the people that we have to sustain the growth and the trajectory we're on. If we throw a bunch of what we call... Um, we'll just say not eat those kind of people in the mix. Mm -hmm. um, that's catastrophic for us, you know, so uh, we have to be very thoughtful. So. Fantastic. And first of all, yeah, congratulations on what you've done. I mean, you've done the work and your team's done the work and the team's been the, it's them. They're just crazy to work alongside me. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I know you're not going to give yourself credit. I get it. But like, obviously there, there's a lot to that. And um, it's, it's just really cool to see. And the other part too, it's exciting. It's a lot like a, um, I think about a producer. I mean, sometimes we look at it as, a, as an individual producer. We'll see that they just start throwing things against the wall as fast as they can. And the reason is obvious. Like, I got to write some business, right? I got to figure something out. And there's always going to be part of that. But the fact that you've gotten very intentional, and even after, I mean, you said you lost, it was a $100,000 revenue early yeah, on. Yeah, my total rev, my, when I bought my, my own book was 300000 I lost 100000 the first year. You lost a third of your book, yeah. right? And at some point, which would be understandable, it's like, I'm going to just scrape up anything I could possibly do. And we're going to run as hard and fast as we can. Right. Um, but what's exciting about what you've built with the culture and you've talked about so many things about being intentional. And I know how you built some of the systems and processes around it with growth 
is that you're not going to be like a lot of agencies in the sense of you get to a point and you go, okay, we kind of got to what we can get to. We hit the wall. Um, cause we can't, we can't sustain the way that we did this. You've built this in a model and some may say, well, I built it a little faster than Ben. Yeah. But how long can you go? Right. Mm-hmm. And to me, a part of that is the question. In fact, this is another quote. I think it's a John Maxwell quote. If you ask yourself the question, how fast, the better question is how far. Mm-hmm. And not that you don't want to go fast, but how far. And I think what's exciting, mm-hmm. Ben, is that your position to have options and you can go really far, right? Depending mm-hmm. on what you want to do. So kudos mm-hmm. again to you. All right. One last question. I respect your time. and I know we're getting a little bit long here, so I want to get you back. My favorite question, I know you're a listener of the podcast, so this is not the first time you've heard this. Um, and I don't really care how far back you go. I kind of like to think about when you start your, maybe your your work career. So post-school, some point, whether it's high school or college or whatever. Um, if you were having a conversation with the younger Ben, right, just getting ready to start off in the world, what's one piece of advice you'd, you'd give yourself, your younger version of you? Yeah. Um, when you're going out, and I started when I was 22 years old, right out of college, and a lot of my my um, job was to sell life insurance as a 22 year old. Yeah. How what, what do I know? About? But I but I think what what really, if you're a young commercial producer or and you're doing this business. What you want to do is let people know how interested you are in putting the hard work in and that you are, you love the opportunity to offer you, you know, so don't tell them how smart you are. Tell them how much you love the opportunity that it offers you um, to number one, grow. Number two, be a teacher to them because no one knows insurance like, like producers. I mean, they're the only, we're the only people that do this every day, right? Everybody else, it's something they deal with when they deal with it. So how do we say, look, you know, I'm a young person, but I want to help educate you. And I'm really excited about the opportunities for you to grow as a business and me to help you along the way. And I'll keep bringing more resources and the best I can do. And it kind of knocks the guard down like some, you know, young whippersnapper coming in trying to sell me insurance. No, here's my idea. Ben, settle down, first of all. <laughs> ben, stop going to the bar so much when you're 22 years old. Uh, <laughs> Everybody can have but, that advice. Most people, right? But but seriously, when you go out and see new people, when you're interested in engaging with people, say, you know what? I've got so much opportunity ahead of me. I've got great people that work with me. But really what's going to be fun is as I continue to bring more resources than I have now, you're going to be the first to know prospect. I can't wait. Enthusiasm about the future, talking more about the future than I did because I was kind of in the moment, you know? That's cool. I I just wrote down on my own words, sell the vision, but I, I just, I love that. And it's a different perspective. I love asking that question because I always get different answers and everyone I'm like, yeah, I like that one too. Right. I, that would be mine too. So I borrow a lot. It's always hard for the one thing. Well, Ben, thanks so much uh, for joining me and being on the podcast. I know the the listeners, the viewers will get great value from this. Um, any last thing you want to say to either the audience or just in general, final comments before we wrap up? Yeah, I think, um, you know, there's so much, obviously, there's so much change with what's going on in the industry as it relates to products, as it relates to coverage deductibles. I mean, the, the, the market's nuts. But what we have a great opportunity is during this big transition between, you know, what is it like 60% of all people in this industry are 58 or older or something like that. Yep. There's so much opportunity for us. And I sit on the board of the Big Eye in Indiana, great people, um, to tell the town out there, the kids in college, like, this is an industry that is much more exciting, competitive, you know, different every day, all these things. 
we need to do that because, you know, um, I, I feel like that's where we're kind of missing the boat. Um, it seems like for so long, like independent agencies were just like, kind of like quiet. They did their thing. They drove nice cars. They were, you know, very well polished and all this stuff. And it was a big secret. I mean, these people are getting really, really, really wealthy yeah. and they wanted to keep it to themselves. Yeah. Uh, I think my role now is uh, being in this 21 years is I want to help out. And that's why I sit on the board, but is this is an awesome industry, especially for competitive people. Mm-hmm. You know, D2 athletes are my pro. I, I want, those are the kids that aren't the prima donnas. They're not going pro, but they put the work in. Right. And, yeah. and I, I don't know. It just, the, the future is bright. So long as you can, you know, focus on the opportunities that may look different because of AI, because of this, because of that, but it's still fun to go get new relationships, help people add value and, um, and grow and see growth. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I appreciate that. Cause it is true. I mean, there is, we all know that the talent issues that are out there and, there is such great opportunity. What we need, and I'm glad we have uh, in the marketplace is someone like you that can, you know, not only just, you know, drive the nice car, which you know, I don't know what car you're driving now, Ben, but at some point, if you're not- I bicycle, that's cool. Yeah, whatever, right? <laughs> but it's to be able to communicate that to the next generation or yeah. people out there saying, listen, you know, we want to give you an opportunity. And quite frankly, what you're doing is doing just that with a culture you're building. And we need more people like you doing those things. So applaud your efforts. And uh, Thank you. it's exciting. It's exciting to, to, to see your journey and watch you grow. So you. with that, uh, I'll wrap up here. I do want to set a reminder that again, uh, 9-7, September 7th, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. I'm going to be talking about the multi-million dollar mistake that agencies are making. And I'll just, I'll give a little context to this. Uh, it's the one that Ben isn't making, which means he truly believes in the development and growth of his people. And that's what it's really all about. So uh, join me for that again. It's going to be on LinkedIn Live. And Ben, thanks again so much for being part of this. Uh, we'll share you with the world and get your message out because it needs Don't to- stop doing this, whatever you do. This is, this is, please don't stop. This has been incredible for our agency and, and uh, so helpful, Brent. So All right. Well, we're, we're going to find more people to help like you. So thank you, Ben. Appreciate cool. it. Thanks for listening and uh, wishing you all the best in your success. The Agent Leader Podcast is brought to you by the fine folks of the Rough Notes Company. They are publishers of the insurance industry's leading magazine and technical insurance content. Rough Notes Magazine profiles successful agencies plus keen insights from respected experts on a host of must-know topics. Rough Notes Advantage Plus provides the tools to help your agency grow, providing authoritative information on complex coverage issues. Visit them and learn more at roughnotes.com.